This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And listening to Chris and Lester Tonight Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. Are you ready? I'm saying, are you ready? Welcome back. Um, it's nice to see you. To see you. There you go. Uh, I've got to <laughs> tell you what, you are so much better than that audience we had last week. 
Um, no, it is sloppy seconds. Uh, this is LTID TV from Lester Till I Die. Uh, good evening, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good night, goodbye, hello, wherever you are in the world tuning in. Um, whether Nate's coming back, I think maybe after the show earlier, uh, he's probably deciding it might be best if he doesn't. And if you did miss the show earlier, let me tell you, you can find it right on this channel, LTID TV. It's under uh, the pick. Uh, and if you want to learn and listen all about uh, Surrey sausages, don't ask. Just do not ask. And uh, Kate playing hide the sausage. Yeah, don't ask about that again. It was more. It was more like let's talk food. Uh, and I think it was a. Uh, when Kate came up with Hide the Sausage, I think we just totally, <laughs> literally lost it. But in between all of that, there's uh, there's about five minutes of football that we were talking about the weekend's game. So you can listen to that. But um, look, this, after this afternoon's, good God, I'm losing it. This evening's show is a preview of tomorrow night's game, uh, which we're hosting Sunderland, which um, I thought was going to be one of our more difficult games but they didn't have such a good weekend um but we will be talking to uh patrick uh a fan of sunderland he'll be joining in a second but like i say it is sloppy seconds uh and as such who would i who could i not enjoy a sloppy second with any more than this man craig my sloppy second partner how the devil are you i'm good thanks chris thank you uh for for choosing me to be your sloppy second Okay, Patrick is sat in the back now thinking, sausages, sloppy, what the hell have I come on to here? This is probably unlike any other football channel he's been on, would you say? I, I would I would imagine so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, he'll probably need a shower afterwards. Probably, probably. At a deal house. <laughs> but uh, uh, talk about a deal house, um, you didn't go to Wales uh, at the weekend. Uh, no, I didn't, no. What a good result. Yeah, I think we, we talked about it before, didn't we? And uh, every game we go into thinking this is going to be the toughest game. And, um, you know, by all accounts, you know, they put up a very good show, Swansea. But yeah, I think it's that thing of sticking to the sticking to the process and uh, believing in the process that there will you will make chances and then just making sure that we do take them when we get them. So we do. We just, um... we just plow on. The Swansea gentleman said they were going to sort of come at us. Uh, I don't know if you've mm -hmm. seen any of the highlights yet. Would you say they did? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think, you know, and I spoke, uh, I didn't speak to, but I listened to their, their manager's comments after the game as well. And uh, I think he was saying that from their perspective, there was a lot of positives to take uh, from the game for them. You know, just certain bits went for them and went for us and didn't go for them. You know, they hit the bar and I think we had a couple mm -hmm. of good saves. Um but again, we're we're proving to be fairly clinical, and I think that's the key. Um, it's all right creating chances, but you've got to take them, and uh, and we seem to be taking them at the moment. And I think we just wear teams down. Yes, we do, we do. And I think that first goal should be up there for goal of the season. Uh, what well, Yannick's, of course. Yeah, Yannick. Yeah. Yes. Well, how yeah. could? How did you have to think about I mean, that? But I mean, people saying that we bundled it in, but if you if you watch it carefully, he had a striker's instinct to be on the move when yeah. the ball came in. You know, so uh, yeah, I think it's the first there, many, you? You've got to be there. Yeah. But uh, big, big, the great day, and I'm so pleased that he scored a goal. 
Um, mm. but, uh, I'm also really, really pleased that we can say hello to uh, to Patrick. Uh, good evening, Patrick. You know, uh, Sunderland fan. How the devil are you, sir? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, guys. Uh, how are you doing? Not too bad. Not too oh, bad. Thanks, Patrick. Um, I can just about understand the Sunderland accent a lot, a hell of a lot better than I can a Newcastle one. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's some distinct differences, but to be honest, I mean, there's the stronger Sunland accents than mine, so oh. yeah, not a not a bad choice to come on. God <laughs> <laughs> for that. Um, <laughs> that's one thing I'm not missing about the Premier League, and that's Newcastle's um, <laughs> accents when we have them on pre uh, pre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, but thanks very much for coming on. It was I know it was short notice, okay. but um, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, what is it, myself? Yeah, I, I'm on um, all, all your podcasts, etc. Yeah. yeah, so um, I'm a, I'm one of the contributors to Roker Report uh, podcast. We have a podcast and a website where we have all the latest sort of news and views. Um, there's, there's tons of us uh, contributing to um, Sunderland content. Um, but yeah, we're on on Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify, and all the usual podcast spots. So. Yeah, we we get around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't say that too loud. Uh, but no, <laughs> Nate's come back for more, and welcome, Nate. Even after the uh, <laughs> the show earlier, you are back. Um, it, it was a wild one. Uh, Mike's in. Uh, good evening, Mike. Uh, he said, from the bits I've seen, Swansea look decent. They're probably one of the best. Well. Yeah, I'd probably say one of the better games we've played this season. I mean, for me, Craig, and I held DH, how are you? Um, I did say, didn't I, last week, that Swansea and Sunderland, once you got past Leicester and Ipswich, who are obviously first and second, yeah. they are the two that teams that are like third and fourth in the form table. Yeah. And then Craig, I, Craig's, Craig's got um, Enzo ringing him up asking, what team am I picking tomorrow? I know. <laughs> he, he won't leave me alone. It's quite embarrassing. I'm sure, um, is. I'm sure it is. You can get a restraining order out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, while he's listening to me, I'll I'll, I'll carry on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those teams will be up and around it. I think there's um, there's quite a bunch. I think as we was we mentioned uh, in the Swansea preview, it's teams that can keep their first team fit or have a little bit of depth to the squad. I think will be the ones who who can hang around longest uh, in there. Obviously, Sunderland have got a decent first first 11 and, and some real top-quality players in, in amongst that, but I'm not sure about the strength of depth. I'm sure uh, Patrick can uh, give us a bit more of an in, insight into the, the squad depth up at Sunderland. But Yeah, I mean... Sort of, our our first eleven is is good. There's a lot of quality there, but you touched on there about keeping them fit. Um, that's been a real issue, not just this season but last season as well. We just it seems that we've always had several key players out injured, and we've just not been able to get everyone fit at the same time. Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to be the same tomorrow night as well. Um, you know, but. Tony Mowbray had his press conference earlier today and he said that there's three or four players who played on Saturday who didn't train today. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to play tomorrow, but, mm. you know, it's not it's not great when players aren't training the day before a match. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll just have to sort of wait and see. Yeah. But, you know, we don't know who that is until the lineups out, really. Yeah. 
No, no. And we, we've given up trying to predict the lineup, haven't we, Craig? <laughs> we have <haven't>, yeah. <laughs> He just yeah. picks it. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Score a goal, and there's no guarantee you're going to be in the in the starting lineup the following week. But he does he does switch it round. And I say, I think rather than go for the well, if you played Saturday, you don't play midweek. Yeah, I think he's actually gone, hasn't he, Craig? Where well, you're gonna play 60 minutes on Saturday. And then you play 30 yeah. minutes. And if you did the 30 minutes, then you'll probably start the game on, on the midweek. Yeah, he does tend to do that. I think he's managing, you know, their workload, but also, you know, uh, as we touched on before, keeping players fresh so that mm. when you do need them, you know, it's a physical league. You know, somebody could get injured after five minutes that the, yeah. the, the replacements are fresh and ready to go. And I think he's touched on that quite a bit, um, particularly... He was talking about uh, the Swansea game and the fact that the, the sort of cheerleaders in the changing room before the game were the subs and mm. and they were the most vocal ones about, you know, usually subs are upset that they're not playing, but he seems to be engendering this whole squad ethic that everybody's got a part to play. Uh, and a lot of the squad and and the bench players were the most vocal ones in geeing up everyone else. So that all bodes well as well. It does. Uh, I've got to say hi to Del Boy, uh, big Arsenal fan from Ireland. Uh, what's the crack? Um, bleed. Well, if he says bleeding, we, we're quite lucky because uh, the, the amount of swear. I don't know how his channel's still online. I don't, really don't know Del. I've never, never, even by my standards, you do swear an awful lot. But welcome along. Welcome along. Uh, look, Patrick, we're usually going to start, well, I say usually, uh, we're going to start from this week. We're going to start the shows off where um, we actually just have a look at somebody who's played for both teams and sort of get the memories uh, uh, going. Um, and this is one that um, you probably have well, a lot more memories than, than we have. But your memories of, 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 um, of Big Kev there, Patrick? Well, to be honest, um, Phillips was, he was just before my time. Um, but that doesn't really matter when you're a Sunderland fan because, no. like, um, my dad, like everybody else who's a bit older than me, loved him. You know, and like, I've, they've seen, I grew up, I grew up watching, like, you know, the, the highlights of all of his, you know, all the brilliant goals he, he scored for, for Sunderland over the years. And unfortunately, um, the, the only time I saw him score at the Stadium of Light was for Aston Villa. So, that was, um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was unfortunate. It's the one time I've seen Kevin Phillips score in the flesh and it was... Uh, yeah, it was for the for a visiting team, the state of my life. Um, but no, I mean, still a legend up there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he's he's you know one of the best strikers we've ever had, really, and he's part of a really good team. Which obviously, you know, over the years that have passed, a lot of people say that we could have gone a step or two further with the players what we had, but. I think I mean for the the idea I get of like the those couple of years where we were doing really well in the Premier League, you know, that sort of turned the millennium. I mean, Phillips was a massive part of that, and you know, he'll, you know, you say he's a legend, and you know, it gets thrown around a lot. But I mean, yeah, you can't really describe him in any other way from a Sunderland perspective. Yeah. I'm going to upset Patrick now because he hasn't seen Kevin Phillips score for his team, but I have actually seen Kevin Phillips score. <laughs> For my team, sorry, Patrick, one of the best strikers right. you ever had, uh, one of the oldest I think we ever had, if not the <laughs> oldest, uh, Craig. Yeah, yeah, I um, 
I did have the pleasure of seeing him score for both teams. Um, but he was, he, he he was almost like a throwback striker of, of just a natural finisher in that, that old thing where, you know, the goals don't move. He, he, he was an instinctive finisher with the ball dropped to him. He would always try and get a shot off and, uh, sadly lacking in the, in the modern game, those kind of strikers. And I think, you know, in at that level, you know, and, and no disrespect, but, you know, for Sunderland, for somebody to be the golden boot winner uh, at a team like Sunderland or Leicester was it at that time, you know, uh, is testament to, uh, to, to the quality of the player. Yeah. I'm guessing the goal that you saw him score for Sunderland was against Leicester and again, that we're going to talk about later on. It might well be. It, it might, might well be. be, which was the 5-2. We will quickly move on from that, though. I mean, at the game I saw him in, which again might have been the one you saw him, was, was down at Bournemouth um, in our in our championship winning season. Uh, I think he was, I think I say, I don't know if he was the oldest player to play for us or the oldest player to score for us. Um, yeah, it might have been the latter because I think we've had a few, well, we've had a few goalkeepers, haven't we? Who have that's been, true, uh, yeah. I think yeah. Mark Schwartz, who was about 63 when he played for us. <laughs> so, uh, <yeah>. Allegedly. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, after he played for us that season, Craig, he actually went on to be uh, a coach, didn't he? I think that's yeah. why he came to us because we said, like, you know, have a season, help us get up and then become a coach. And the thing yeah. I do remember, probably unfairly looking back, but at the time... Uh, in that first season, the the strikers weren't doing particularly well, were they? Because well, not obviously until the last seven or eight games, mm. but up until then we were at the bottom, and we ended up being the great escape. But I often I can remember doing the artwork and actually saying, "What is this guy actually doing? Do you think I was being unfair?" Well, I think we we do the same, don't we, to everyone? You know, if it's mm. uh, I remember as having uh, a so-called um, set-piece coach when we were. Um, letting set-piece goals in every uh, did, every did, week. Did we? I, don't, I don't remember having one. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> um, Torre was the was the classic. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, brought in as a defensive coach, uh, Colo Torre, and uh, we were just leaking goals left, right, and centre. I yes. think you do talk about, you know, and I think it's something that isn't around as much in football, or. If it is, it's not made knowledgeable as it is in American football that you have specialist coaches. And um, I would imagine for strikers, you couldn't really get much more of a a, a better specialist coach than uh, than Kevin Phillips. However, having said that, I think goal scoring is a natural instinct, and you mm. either have it or not. And it's very difficult to to coach it. I think you can coach certain elements of it, positioning, movement a little bit. Um, you know, that ability to take half a second when you get into uh, into a goal-scoring opportunity. But uh, I think it's instinctive, and he was an instinctive player. But um, I'm, I'm surprised that he hasn't gone on to a bit more prominence in the coaching world. I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure where he is at the moment. No. I'm, no, I, 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 I'm not either. Um, Patrick, Talk to us about Tony Mowbray. Um, how long has he been there? Are you happy with him? Yeah, I mean, so we've had Mowbray um, just over a year now. Uh, it was a year at the end of August. Um, and obviously, he came in um, 
it was a it was a crazy week to be honest. Uh, on one Saturday, we, we had Alex Neil uh, was our head coach. Uh, we went down to Stoke. We won one nil. Um, and then there was murmurs in the week about Alex Neil going to Stoke. Um, at the start of the week, I remember thinking, this you know it would be it would be typical Sunderland if we were to lose a manager to a team we've just we've just beat. Um, Lo and behold, about a week later, he, he went to, he went to Stoke. Um, we had a home game on that Saturday, and it was an early kickoff. And we had like the obviously Neil wasn't there. He was, you know, I think he was down in Stoke at that point, and we had like our sort of backroom staff in charge. Um, and then following Wednesday, we had another home game, and Mowbray's in charge. So it was, yeah, it, it was a crazy sort of week and a half. Um, and at, at the time. When when Mowbray came in, I must admit I wasn't I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I remember my first thought was he'll keep us up, and you know after four years in League One, maybe that's all we need. Mm-hmm. But you know, to, in all fairness, I mean he's he's done a brilliant job. I, I know we've had a you know we've had some tough results these last couple of weeks. So I had the international break, but. I mean, some of the football he's, you know, he's got us playing. It's, it's some of the best I've I've seen really. I mean, you know, I've seen all obviously all four years in League One, and those were you know the darkest times in the club history. Yeah. But to, to have to have someone you know in charge who's just got us, you know, it, it's it's no sort of secret that we have quite a young squad. And Mowbray, he's got this kind of idea of just kind of letting the young players go out and almost just express themselves. And, you know, that could have been a bit of a gamble. You know, there's been a lot of talk about us not having enough seniority in the squad. Um, Mm. But, I mean, it's one of these where when when we click, you know, where we can be fantastic. Um, And we've basically had a year of that. You know, we we had a bit of a, a slow start before last Christmas. Um, you know, we were sort of, like, sort of moving around in, in mid-table and not really, you know, setting the world alight, but still on course for a pretty comfortable finish. And then it was it was after Christmas where you know things just seemed to, despite all these injuries, just things just clicked. And then you know, all of a sudden we're sort of knocking on the door of the playoffs, and you know, last day of the season we're making it the top six. So yeah, it's um, it it's not been dull under Mowbray. That's uh, that's fair to say. It's um. There's never a there's never a boring week with um with Mowbray in charge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm just looking at it. Yeah, you say you finished six. You're uh, in the playoffs. Have you still got that 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 young owner? Yes. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And, and do you think he, is he is he backing financially the club? Because you say came so close last season, and I always think it's a shame when you look at the lights of say Coventry this season. They they've struggled to build on what they had. And Blackburn are the same, you know, they only just missed out and they've kind of not built on that. Have you carried on where you've left off, would you say? I think we I think so. I, I would I would mm. say we have. Um, you know, we brought in around sort of a dozen players in the summer. Um we kind of had yeah, our window was quite interesting because we we basically signed like half of our players in one batch at the start of the, the window. Then mm. it went quiet for quite a while. And then, you know, we signed four players on, on deadline day. And I, I think we, yeah, we ended up with about a dozen new signings. And, you know, most of those were kind of following this 
the blueprint of of what we're trying to bring into the club. You know, we're trying to bring in young players who you know are are good prospects and maybe need a club to go and develop. Um, which is why you know it can be quite frustrating at times because you know it does feel like we're very much developing for a couple of years down the line, mm. and you know when you have so many young players, there is you know things are going to go wrong every now and again and. You know, there's been a couple of games under Mowbray where, you know, he's got things wrong and, out, you know, players have made mistakes, individual mistakes. and But then the next week, you know, we put it right and then, you know, the manager makes the right decisions and everything seems to click. So, yeah, I think we're definitely, the, you can see it's it's a very clear kind of project we have on the go. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's... For me, it's good because you know we we had so many years of mismanagement and signing players who were just you know were there for a, a big payday really, and they didn't you know you don't expect you know many professional footballers you know to to be there for the club passionately, but we just went through years and years of just signing very but you know bad players who didn't want to be there, so. It's 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 a big change um, of what we're trying to implement at the minute, and yeah, it, it is a slow process, but it's it's one that I'm I'm really enjoying, and, and the last sort of year and a bit have been have been fantastic, really. Yeah, I mean, Craig, um, I mean, playoff uh, semi finalists, Sunderland losers last season. We know all about the playoffs, don't we? Um, what 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 do you? Th- I mean, you know, looking at them from the outside, um, how do you? Uh, Sort of look at uh, Sunderland. Do you look at them as one of the teams that's going to be up there? I think so. I mean, it's a it's a massive and um, fantastic, you, you know, um, supporter base up there. I've um, I've had the pleasure of going to Roker Park and Stadium of Light, um, and uh, I, I, I do remember it was called the Roker Raw back in the day. Um, He's older than you, Patrick. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can, you know, Tony Mowbray is an interesting one because he seems to be like a three or four season manager. You know, he comes in, he does a really good job, gets his team up and around playoffs or, or on on the brink of things, and then it tends to go wrong. Uh, I mean, it does with most managers, but for some reason, with Tony Mowbray, it seems to disappear. But what he does at the start of his tenure is so fantastic that his stock has never really dipped, even though he's been with a lot of clubs. You know, I don't think he'll ever be out of work as long as he wants to wants to be in work. But Sunderland, I can see as a club, you know, and, and I'm sure the supporters would love it as as being a, a club that can bring local players through mm. because Newcastle, with the best one in the world, and I'm sorry to to mention them in a Sunderland uh, uh, podcast kind of thing, um, are never going to be a, a, a team that consistently now bring through local youngsters. I can't see it happening with the money that they're going to throw at it. It's going to be a really tough opportunity. So the likes of Middlesbrough, Sunderland, are have a, a perfect opportunity to to start developing their own youngsters i think and and that could be the backbone of of some successful times for sunderland and 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 i can imagine that same way as we do every supporter loves it when their own come through the ranks so i don't know what the setup is behind the scenes at sunderland 
but I don't think any other football fan um, wouldn't have anything but but respect for the fact that um, the Sunderland fans have been with them all the way through through the dark times and have been there and turned out in the numbers. And I think it's a Tuesday night at Leicester and I think you've sold out the allocation quite easily again. So, you know, it's, um, it, it's one of those sort of clubs, I guess, similar to us, um, that if, if it all clicked at one point, you, you could be successful again. But, um, but no, I think they'll be up there, as I say, if they can keep their top players fit. I mean, Jack Clark looks like a fantastic talent. Is one of those that how long you're going to hang on to him for. And when you get players like that, you need to try and make sure that you can capitalise on them during the period that they're there because he'll be your sort of, you know, your main star and you need everybody to pull in that season when he's at the top of his game before he gets snapped up. And, you know, and Leicester are a similar, similar club in that way that, you know, top talents are still going to be snapped up. So you need everything to come together in that perfect season almost. And uh, uh, hopefully you can hang on to him for uh, at least another season after this one. But uh, the way he's going, I'm not sure you will. David, I uh, just want to say thank you to David. Uh, he's just he literally just become a new member. Uh, it's $1.99 uh, a month. A, the link is in the description below on YouTube. Just click on it. There's a lot of extras you get, include, well, one of our regular presenters now, Luke, started out as a member, gets you the chance to come on and do a live show. He enjoyed it so much that he does he does it every week now, all the way from Australia. Um, but, uh, David, you're a gentleman, sir. Thank you so very, very much for doing that. Um, yeah, just going back to that, though, um, Paddy, what what is your youth system like there? Because we've got a very good youth system, in fairness. In fact, this season we've seen you know a lot of those young well, three or four maybe coming through, um, two of them especially. But what, what's it like at Sunderland? To be honest, we've even through the sort of really rough times, we always had quite a strong academy. The problem was previous owners would be keen on selling players for pennies, basically, just because they thought they could make a bit of money off them. Under this new sort of regime now, um, it's you know it's so much better. Our our under twenty ones, um, you know, week in week out, they they're improving. But also, I mean, our number one goalkeeper, Anthony Patterson, academy product. Um, he's, I mean, he played every league game last season. He played every league game this season. Um, but I mean, I think at the minute the kind of you know the shining example is uh, it's Dan Neil, who. You know, central midfielder who he's come on even in the sort of the dozen games this season. I mean, he was he was good last season. You know, you could see there was a top player there, but he's just he's come on so much this season, um, and he's just he's he looks so. It, it's more just you know we've always known he's going to be a good player, but it's the it's the way he's just been able to just yeah. build so quickly. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know there was. On deadline day, there was, you know, rumours flying around that Liverpool were looking at him and, you know, you kind of like brush it off but think, no, you know, it's just, you know, speculation and that. But to be honest, if if he keeps up, if he keeps up the way he started this season, then, you know, I mean, yeah. I think there will be there will be teams of that size looking at him because he just, he looks at the complete package in a central midfielder. Um and I'm just, I'm very 
pleased that he's he's back from suspension for tomorrow night because we've um we missed him on Saturday. There was a big uh, big hole in our midfield mm. when he couldn't play. Yeah. Well, we yes, we'll come on to the the Saturday's results in a minute. But um, <laughs> just showing the table there with with our our superb goal scorer Twinkle Feet uh, Yannick there. Uh, but look, you you you're sat in sixth. I've I've got you. I've definitely got you to finish second this season. We did the review the quarter season. I've got you because I think you know you're gonna you are literally going to be on the well. I thought on the rise. Your last couple of results have shocked me, and I got no points in the prediction league at all from your last two games. Thank you so very much. <laughs> I just thought I would make that uh, right because I had you down for two wins. Um, but as you look at that, what what do you look at Leicester and think about this season? I mean, you know, I, I've not been able to watch too many of your games, but I mean, I've no. watched the highlights back, um, yeah. and the the impression I get is that. In so many games, you've just you've not started great, but then you build into it to a point where other teams just can't really keep up. I mean, I think the you know I think the was it the game down at Blackburn? I think was a good example where I think you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you scored like two or three of your goals quite late on. And it, it, you know, you, you guys were saying there before that it was a case of you kind of wear teams down, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know having having that ability to to do that to teams in the championship you know it's what successful teams do really um and yeah i mean i was i mean we we, we've seen a lot of teams virtually every team um i think craig would agree with me that's come to leicester and it's almost a case of they've looked at us or playing us whether it's at home or away and thinking you know we'll take a point here before we've even kicked off and you know i mean um, was it was it Stoke that didn't so much park the bus as built a bloody coach park, um, but uh, they just didn't get out of their own half. Uh, I think we had ninety percent possession in the first fifteen minutes. Um, Swansea, mind you, they came at us at the weekend. That they went one nil up. Are we going to see a Sunderland side? You are away from home, and you are you know we've we've, we've only lost one game all season. That did happen to be at home, but. Are you a team that's going to come and defend and say we're going to be happy with the point, or are you going to come and give it a go at us? I think we'll give it a go. To be honest, um, we've and funny enough, we we tend to play our better football away from home, and our home record. You know, I think last season we won seven home games. We finished sixth, but we only won seven home games because I think away from home we won ten. And, you know, we just, I think we went to Burnley and got a draw. Um, we won at Norwich, you know, lost narrowly to Sheffield United, got a point at Luton. So, yeah, I think we tend to be a team who play better away from home. Obviously, you know, Leicester are a different prospect to some of the other away games we've had in recent weeks. You know, I mean, we, we went down to Blackburn and Blackburn was a strange one because we tend to start on the front foot, but... Watching the Blackburn game, and you know, after ten minutes, Blackburn should have been tuned up. They were, we just couldn't get a foot on the ball. But all of a sudden, you know, it just takes a switch in the, you know, in the middle of the park, and we get hold of the ball. And then, you know, when when we get it down and we play, we just look like a different team. Um, so yeah, I think I think we'll, we'll come and have a go. Um, you know, I think we'll be so keen to try and get back on track, really. And it's, you know. 
it, it is a you know it's a formidable record we're going up against. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to think we'll we'll come and have a go. I've got to say, it is a formidable record. Uh, we've just completed our best ever run of away wins, and we, this is obviously officially now the best ever start to uh, by any team uh, in this division since it's been called or you know the championship. Okay. Um, I mean, Craig, when you watch Leicester, you, it's kind of. I mean, I, sometimes I, I laugh because, you know, we, we talked about Yannick earlier, but, you know, I know you didn't used to like uh, Johnny Evans because, you know, he'd stand on the ball. Well, I don't think, I think even Yannick puts uh, Johnny makes him look like uh, Usain Bolt because he just stands on the ball. Uh, and, but we invite the opposition onto us. I say, right, mm. if you want it, come and get it. And then we'll ping a, a lovely through ball. Again, do you see that changing for tomorrow night? No, I think I think it's ingrained now, and I think, I mean, I I only saw a little bit, but I watched it. <coughs> excuse me, I, I saw um, ten fifteen minutes of the the Leicester women against um, Man yeah. City, and it's exactly the same. And I think that football is going to be drilled into every team at every level at every age. Uh, this is the way that they want to play, so they can start that. Uh, process that almost um, conveyor belt manufacturing line of talent who can fit in and play. You know, he's come from Man City, he's seen how Man City have done and Man City do it, you know, year in, year out, that they yeah. they seem to be successful at whatever level and they do manage to bring in a few uh, youngsters. Cole Palmer, obviously the most recent one, and then sold him for sort of 40 million to, to Chelsea. So I can't see us changing... Um, you know, at all, let alone for a single game. Although I do expect Sunderland to uh, to prove a real challenge for us because I think they've got some really good players and, and, and players who can hit on the break. So if there is a turnover of uh, of the ball, we could be in trouble. I, I, I think this is going to be a really tough game for us, to be honest. I must admit, I although I did go for a 2-1 Leicester win in the end, and we were close, Craig, we were close, weren't we? Uh, we with that, um, it was interesting to see, and we'll get your prediction later. But the Swansea guy went for two one Leicester. No, he went three one. No, I think he got it right. The Swansea guy actually <laughs> got it right by saying that Leicester would beat his team three one. Um, but I, I actually thought that these two games, and we've said this all the way through the season. But to me, I thought all oh, Swansea and Sunderland they're going to be two really tough games. But every time we've said that. We played the likes of Southampton, who were sort of supposed to be one of our, you know, up there with us. We blew them away. Um, Preston, God knows how they got to where they are, because they were one of the most awful teams I've seen in quite a few years. And that's saying something when we watched ourselves last season. Um, but we have been blown. And then I thought, no, I've gone for the win. And then I've gone for a draw. And I think I did go for a 2-2 draw for this one. But I am thinking now, Craig, that actually... What's going to stop us? I don't mean this to sound really big-headed, Patrick, you know, because you've got to remember 12 months ago that we were sat here slitting our wrists and hanging ourselves from the light fitting. So <laughs> it is fun for us to be this happy. But, Craig, where's where's the, the first defeat? Is this going to, this could potentially, you think, be our, our first defeat? Our second defeat, I should well, say. second, second. defeat, yeah. Yes. I, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm you know... I, We'll come on to the predictions later, but there are going to be games where 
you know, we, we can play well, but we just give up a couple of chances and, and the opposition take those chances. I, I think it's unrealistic to, to expect us to continue without having any bad luck, for instance, you, you know, at some point. Um, I was talking to a work colleague of mine today who's uh, who's had a side bet with his brother that we will um, win every game between now and uh, the new year. And I did suggest that he'd, I think he'd gone a little. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great. But when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A little bit early there. Um, uh, and it's probably put the mockers on it for tomorrow. Um but I, you know, you've got to be realistic. There are going to be games. What we need to do that if we do get a setback like we did against Hull, mm. it's a one-off, and then we bounce back in the next game. So, but you're right. We we went. We had consecutive away games at Southampton and Norwich, and I think we we came out. What was it? Seven-one in aggregate mm. over the two games. And every time we say this is going to be the tough game, we, I, I think we're still in the process of underestimating ourselves. You know, yeah. but that comes with uh, with being a Leicester fan. I think I think we've had uh, we've had so many uh, years of overestimating ourselves yeah. uh, and and pushing our, our our limits as to what where we should be um, for so many years. I think I think we but, can definitely say that uh, pinching ourselves is very very close to self abuse at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we we I think. It's it's funny because it's been an education, and um, and I think the the fans have have had to be educated just as much as the players in what Moresco uh, Moresco wants, um, because the the first couple of games when it was slow paced football, the fans were not happy at all. They were they were getting yeah. on the back a little well, bit Boris and wanted them all moving same. forward. Yeah, yeah and. Uh, and with every game, I think there's more and more understanding that there is at least a process behind it. I think under uh, our, our previous um, dear departed uh, manager, whose name should be um, not mentioned, okay. uh, there, it was slow, but there didn't seem to be a plan. So we could turn it on and have a great game or we could be absolutely shocking. I think under Maresca, um, the, there's a clear plan. Everybody's bought into it. Most of the fans have bought into it. And we do know that if we are patient, um, then we can get, we'll, we'll make chances and we'll create goals. It'll be interesting if we ever, and, and let me touch wood to make sure this doesn't happen, if we ever go two goals down, that'll yeah. be interesting. That'll be a real challenge to the players, I think, yes. for how much they yeah. trust the process. Yes. When it's one, you think, okay, we will create chances. If you go a couple of goals down, then that will see what we're made of. But, uh, I mean, I, 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 I've got to say, Patrick, the, we have got a mistake in us 
within within our defensive setup. Um, thank God we've got a, a a keeper who spends more of his time as a sweeper than he does actually as a goalkeeper. But we do have that mistake in it uh, in us, and so far we have been very lucky in that the teams we've played have not taken advantage of that. You know, they've um, not. You know, most of the time that when they you know that they have broken through, we have made a mistake. They've not really taken advantage of it do you have a team does your team would you say that that's something that they could do yeah I, I think so I mean you know it's no it's no secret that a lot of our attack and play goes through Jack Clark but you know it, I mean you know, he, he's been far and away our, our best player so far this season but you know we have we do have plenty of players who can you know, you can punish mistakes like that. Um, obviously, we've got, we've got Patrick Roberts, who was brilliant last season. Um, for one reason or another, he's just not really got... He showed glimpses of that form mm. this season. Um, but he's, ex, he's just... He's, he's ex-Man City, isn't he? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, we, I, I really like him. I think he's a dangerous player. On his day, he's a really dangerous player. I think that's the thing yeah. he is he's one of these players where you know he perfectly fits that example of on his day he's brilliant it's just his day you know yeah. well he's, he's already had his day him. this season yeah <laughs> like he's, there's such a sort of flash in the pan sort of player but mm. he's he, he's easy on the eye but yeah he's just got to get back to sort of having of end product really but no I mean like I said we'll be you know, we'll be there from the off. Um, and I think we do have the players where if there's a mistake, I think, you know, we can, we can punish teams. But, yeah, it's whether it's whether you decide to make any mistakes tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. I'm sure we yeah. will. Craig, I want to get you answer that one, Boris, there. I did I did say that this is what we would like. Uh, we are capable of boring the opposition into submission. I suppose one man's boring is another man's wearing the opposition out. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I get it, and uh, I do remember even going back to when Pep was at uh, at Barcelona. The last couple of seasons of watching Barcelona, it was becoming boring and and repetitive. And uh, I think even with this Man City side, I think he had a season where it didn't look that great because you didn't have the players um, to really put the plans in. I think what you need is players who have got a, a change of pace. Um, so that when you you do break through, that you've got pace to be able to to exploit it. And I think if you haven't, it can become boring and repetitive. Um, and I think they just what we what we do. I think we do run the legs off teams because it's so hard to just consistently chase the ball. But I think what we do and is probably not recognised as much is that we mentally uh, run them ragged. And I think that's it because it, it takes a lot to be constantly concentrating on your positioning, constantly concentrating on who's making runs off the ball, running in behind because we're so fluid. And I think that's where we break teams down. It's not just the, the physical, but the mental side. And we've seen it two or three times where defences have just made sort of sloppy mistakes in the latter parts of games and we, we've punished them. So. I think we we create we we are a real challenge for most teams and 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 as you hear it, as most managers are saying these days that that we are becoming a, a sort of benchmark for them to understand at what level they're at. Yeah, 
I like to say, I mean, Ian Acho comes off the subs bench, uh, yeah. 87th minute. I still don't know how he scored that one, but he did. Uh, look, I mean, Patrick, I'm looking at this here, and this is the form table. Uh, and I'm, you know, sorry to do this, but you know, you've got up there, you've got a loss to Middlesbrough, uh, 4 0, uh, who of course was one of Tony Mowbray's ex clubs. Um, how you manage that, I don't know because I had you down for a draw for that one with it being a, a derby. Uh, and I had you beating Stoke. What what has happened? And I think you know, when, when we look at the fact that you've you know, you've won six, like us, you've not drawn many, we haven't drawn any, you've drawn one, but you've lost five. It seems to be an inconsistent or a, you know, a consistency problem for you, yeah, it is. And I mean, the last couple of games, you know, I mean, I, I, I hate the you know, I don't like to think of it as sort of making excuses, but no. in our last two games, we've had two pretty, you know, pretty bad refereeing decisions go against us. Um, we had Dan Neal sent off for a, a second yellow card for, you know, it was, it was supposedly, I mean, you know, he did, he's, he's mouthed off at the ref, but it's, it's one of these where, you know, it, it must, it'll happen hundreds of times in every match mm. and it's the fact that you no know, Tony Mowbray came out and said after the game that the, the referee told both managers that he was going to basically try and keep his cards in his pocket and you know try and try and let the game flow um, and with that in mind you kind of think for that sort of thing he wouldn't be pulling out a second yellow card um, but t- to me I mean that doesn't excuse the way we just fell apart in the second half. And in all fairness, I'm a big fan of Tony Mowbray, but the second half, he just, he got it completely wrong. Mm. You know, we went, we went, I think we conceded two in about two, three minutes. Went uh, two nil down and just, it just killed the game off really there and then. But, you know, we just, we had the players on the bench to, to bring on and, and make an impact. And yeah, he just, he just didn't get the subs right whatsoever, in, in my opinion. Um, it's it's Stoke, you know. I mean, their their first goal. It's a pretty clear handball. You know, they, they, their lads controlled it and he's knocked it down in front of him. But again, you know, that was inside ten minutes, and um, you know, after fifteen minutes, it was one-one. Mm. We had plenty of time to get back into it, and I mean, to be honest, the, the second. I mean, I was at the game on Saturday. Second half performances, it was the worst I've seen us this season. We just we're never normally that sloppy, and we just we what, gave the what, ball away. What, what I'm hearing, Paddy, is uh, is Mowbray out. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not not a chance. It's just it, it's one it's one of these where when Mowbray gets it right, it really you know it really clicks. Um, but when he doesn't, it's like everything goes wrong at once. Um, and yeah, it's it's annoying that these two defeats have come out of the side of the international break because obviously you're kind of hoping you bounce back yeah. after a you know, after a, a defeat. But yeah, we had those two weeks, and I'll tell you, know, I'll tell just... you what I'm hearing here is I'm hearing the very obvious: it's a game of two halves, and uh, <laughs> as long as we've got them to nil nil at half time, Craig, the second half we might you know we could send yeah. five out and we'll score a couple of goals. <laughs> You're just like it. It's, you're saying your second half, you're you're not turning up. Well, that's that's the thing because that, that again that's changed from earlier in the season. Um, I mean, I think we went on a run where 
I think we won like five in seven or four on the bounce or something earlier in the season. And, you know, we were we were killing teams off late on. Um, you know, even, uh, you know, you got on there when we beat Watford, you know, we we scored right then the first half and then, you know, Watford were kind of sitting deep and trying to catch us out and obviously get that equaliser. But then we, we finished them off. And last season, that was a bit of a, an issue with us and not being able to finish you know, finished teams off when we had the lead. Um, a, a lot of our draws came through that. But, yeah, it, it, again, it, I think it, it boils down to just an inconsistency, really. You know what I mean? There's a reason why we've won six and lost five so far this season. It's like, we could be we could be great. When we're great, we're great. When we're off it, you know, we're really off it at the minute. Yeah. Patrick, yeah. just a quick one. A, a, a thing that was... And, and and I did it. I I um um would have a pop at our team over the last couple of seasons for having a lack of character. Do you think that's something that may be lacking in your in your guys? If you've got quite a few youngsters in there, that have you have you got character? Have you got leaders? Or or when it starts to go wrong, is it difficult to turn it round? I think we do. Um, no, we do have some pretty big personalities in the squad. Um, I, I do just think, you know, obviously one of the downsides to having a young squad is that, you know, especially in a home game and with the Middlesbrough game as well, you know, we concede a few goals and, you know, even when you go 3-4-0 down at home, you know, even seasoned professionals, you know, that, that, that hits them hard. When you've got lads there who, you know, are just breaking into first-team football, I mean, you know, it's a... I guess it's in a way it's kind of it's a it's a good lesson to learn because it's a good experience to have. But you know, ideally, you don't have that experience. Um, but no, we do. We do have the you know we have good experience in the dressing room and, and on the pitch. Um, I think it's just it's just making sure that you know when when we do go go down, the, the heads don't drop. And you a lot of the time that doesn't happen, but. The last couple of games, I just feel like that's been drifting in a little bit. Um, and I don't know if that's just a, you know, it, it's a thing of like, we're just trying to trying to tinker a bit and trying to, you know, trying to figure out what, because personally, I, I don't quite think we know what our sort of strongest 11 is, but a lot of that is down to just, you know, I said earlier about the, the injuries we've had, you know, it's, it seems that we've always had about half a dozen players out injured and unavailable. So, it's been so hard to try and figure out what that strongest team is going to be. And it's just wondering when that chance is going to come, really. Yeah. With uh, Greg, when you look at that, I mean, how good does it look? Green, green, green. Yeah. I want to sort of, in, in, I think we should have um, Tom Jones come on the pitch before the start of the game and think about the green, green grass at home. And look, I can say about it, I don't want, I don't want to come across as, as sort of gloating or anything, but just you've got to understand how we were feeling last season. You know, I mean, we've won more games so far this season than we won in the whole of last season. Uh, always got more points as well, I think, haven't we? Um, <laughs> but, but it's good, isn't it, Craig? <coughs> I think the only downside um, to this is that if we carry on the way we are, then we've got to go back up and put up with VAR and all the horrible stuff that comes with the Premier League. I was going to mention VAR because you're saying about the referees, Patrick, but uh, Craig, I sit and I do the watch-alongs for the games and I'm about to shout at the referee. What the bloody hell? And I'm thinking, 
Now, hang on, <laughs> because that is better than having a VAR decision. Because you know, at some point during the game, he'll make a decision. And I can kind of look at that and go, you know what? It, it, he's a human. He's had to make that judgment very quickly. And yeah. I, I can I can allow for that. And I've to, got to be honest with you, I don't know if it's just me, but I found, I know Pat will argue with this, but Craig, I found the refereeing in this division has been a hell of a lot better than it was even with VAR in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I mean, from, from what I've seen so far, you know, because I think they they manage or they referee more on what they've been taught. Yeah. Um, you know, how they've, they've come up through the ranks and then all of a sudden you become a Premier League referee and you've got this catch-all get-out-of-jail-free card that you can play at any point. Um so they just refer and, and you do watch some of the Premier League football and you just think what what are you actually watching you know you're giving yellow cards away for people based on reactions of players rather than any physical fouls or whatever and yeah. it does seem that in the championship there's a little bit more of that physicality allowed which is mm-hmm. which is great I, I mean apart from the fact that we're not in the Premier League I, I know it does help when you're winning um yeah. But there are there is a lot to like about football in the championship. It's yes. a lot closer, yeah. I think, to uh, to the football that at least you and you and me grew up with, Chris. Yeah, proper football. And just saying about uh, we having um, Tom Jones singing uh, "Green Green Grass of Home." Apparently, uh, Liverpool are going to walk out of the next home game to uh, to Robin Thicke's blurred lines. I don't know how true that is. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that's a that's lost us all our Liverpool support. Um, but before we come on to um, picking the team, um, I'm going to come to you both with this one. I'll come to you first, Patrick. Um, a couple of players and their position, because obviously we don't we don't know your, your your players that you think are going to cause us problems tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean I mentioned him a few times, but uh, Jack Clark. Um, no, he plays. He's out on the left wing. Mm. Um, I mean he's you know. A lot of our play tends to go towards him. Um, one of the benefits of Clark is that, you know, most of the teams we've played and when he's had most of his success, it's through players, um, the opposition defenders doubling up on him and obviously freeing up space for for players um, across the pitch, really. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to be the, he'll be the, you know, the main man once again, I would have thought. Um, other players, uh, I mean, uh, Job, Job Bellingham, mm-hmm. he's been brilliant so far this season. Um, he's he came into it, um, and obviously we signed him in the summer. Didn't quite realise that he was going to go straight into the first team, um, but I mean, no, I, I think he's. If I'm right in saying, I think he's pretty much started all of our games, and you know, he, he doesn't look like he's 18 years old. He's, you know, he's got a lot of. He's got a lot of his brother in him because um, he's he's just really really tidy on the ball and uh, hopefully uh, you know cause he, he played he played centre mid on Saturday which is obviously a little bit further behind the the sort of number ten role where we we like to have him playing and um, hopefully he can be in that role again tomorrow night um, so yeah I think that's where you sort of tend to see the best yeah the best out of him um, and yeah if I had to pick a, a third one. Um, Probably Dan Neil. Um, like I said, you know, he, he's been such an instrumental part of that midfield. Mm. 
And yeah, obviously he's back from, he had a one game suspension and he's back in, in, in available. So I'd imagine he'll go straight back in yeah. to the team. And so, yeah, I think those three, if those three all play and obviously they're fit and firing and, you know, we'll, we'll look much stronger. Yeah. If you did just see me smiling and I wasn't smiling, it just come to my mind about what we were talking about in the show earlier. So I, I apologize for that. Um, Craig, um, I was asked uh, when I did a, a preview on, on for the Swansea game on a Swansea channel uh, to just name one uh, Leicester player. And I've got to be honest with you, I really, really struggled uh, because, well, look, you know, just look how we're playing. But can you can you pick two or three that will cause the most problems to um, to Sunderland? Um, yeah, I think you know a couple of the, like it is with any players. It's if they're on their game on the on the day. I think both wingers, um, if they play, uh, I, I think they mm. will both play because I think it, it looks like we're we've got a couple of injury problems with the backup wingers. Um, so Mavadidi and uh, Fatawu, I think on their day they can cause anybody problems, and uh, and it'll be interesting to see how how strong your your fullbacks are and how they hold their positions because our wingers will hold their positions. They they won't be coming and drifting inside and, and narrowing the pitch at any point. They're told to hug the touchline, the old fashioned you know get the chalk on your boots. So we will keep that back line of yours stretched fully. So it'll be interesting to see how Mowbray sets up his back lines, whether he likes to play narrow and protect the goalposts or whether he uh, he strings players out a little bit more. Because then you've got, depending on if he's going to play Vardy, you know, who's going to run in behind, or Ian Acho, who's going to come short and then leave gaps in behind. Uh, but also, I think, if he's on his game, Dewsbury Hall, he's been very inconsistent this season. Mm. Um, but by all accounts, he had a great game at uh, at Swansea. Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. he's, I think he's he's near the top for, for goal uh, involvements in assists and goals this season, um, and you know his driving runs from uh, from the middle of the park uh, are dangerous as well. So, I'd say the two wingers and then and then KDH would be yeah. the ones. Well, it's down to that time. Uh, before we let you go, Patrick, um, it is uh, score prediction time. So I'm going to go to Craig first, because um, then I can pinch his idea. Um, <laughs> what score are you going for this one for, Craig? Well, I, I had to put mine in uh, earlier, before the weekend's games, yes, uh, did, for yeah, the Prediction yeah. League anyway, and, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick with it, because I don't think we can have a, a free run at, at every game. So I'm going to go for a 2-2. <sighs> You know, I don't, I don't actually believe this. I was joking when I said copy or thing, but I actually, we all, because it was a double header uh, in, in the Prediction League this week, uh, I had to obviously, we all had to get ours in early. And it's always a bit of a gamble with the second game because you don't know how the first games are going to go. And I've actually gone for a Desmond as well. So I have well, gone for a 2 2. Great minds, Craig. Great minds. That's it, yeah. Um, exactly. Patrick. Well, I was um, that surprised me actually because I was I was expecting at least one of you to go for a, a Leicester win, um, but no, that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> um, no, to be honest, you, you can go for a Leicester win if you want, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> the Swansea guy did, and, you know, we worked out for. <laughs> to, to be honest, I mean, you know, this is it's a sort of game where 
you know, Sunderland have a tendency to lose a game we expect us to win and then go and get a result in one we don't. Um, I mean, last season we lost 5-1 at home to Stoke and then a couple of weeks later we drew nil nil at Burnley. So if I can stick by that logic, um, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for one one draw. You're going to go for a one one draw. Oh, we're all thinking it would be a, a draw. Would you be happy with a point uh, away from home against the top team, Patrick? I would be ecstatic, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I think it would be brilliant, um, not just because it would be a you know a good result against. Well, I mean, I said I mean to call you in form is probably a bit of an understatement, but mm. I just think it would be good. Um, just for ourselves as well, um, you know. I mean, we, we've got some more tough games coming up after after we, you know, play at your place. So, I think get that point, and they got to move us up to twenty points. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it would do us it would do us wonders after a, a couple of bad results. And Craig, <laughs> I asked you this a lot last season, so I'm going to come back to it. Uh, but it has a different feel for it. Would you take a point at this stage? I mean. We've got to draw a game eventually, surely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we haven't yet. Um, I thought Swansea was a draw. I must admit, I'm 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 having to go for two two because it was the two two that I actually put into the breaching league. Although I have got a sneaky feeling, having seen the last couple of results for for Sunderland, we might do it. But would you would you take a point at this stage? Um. I don't think we're at a stage where we where where I would, to be honest, because I yeah. think, you know, we're playing well enough that we go into as much as we say we think, you know, this is going to be a tough game. Mm. I think we go into most games thinking we're going to win and and being disappointed if we drop points, to be honest. So, uh, so even though I've I've said two two, I don't I don't think I'd be. You know, if you said, "All right, we can have a, we can have a point, and we don't play the game," then <laughs> no, I think uh, I think I'd still I still I'd sneakily fancy our chances to to, yeah. to get something. But and I I'm think aging. it's interesting to see how the fans will react to the loss mm. because for me, when we lost the whole game, whilst I mean we had the chances to win that, it just wasn't yeah. it wasn't our day. Uh, and fair play to Hull, uh, they came and, and and got the win one nil. But I was almost, well, not glad that we lost because you never want your team to lose. But it was a case of like, thank God we've got that loss out of the way. Because the further we went into the season not having lost, then it, it would be harder to lose. And I just think if we lose now, it will be a different reaction to losing against Hull. Yeah, I think... Um... I think it, it is very much um, about performance as well as results and i think the fans you know if there's a solid performance there i think the fans will accept that you know you are going to lose some games you know mm. it's uh you know it's a tough league we said it from the off it's a tough league there's a lot of games the chances of you going through uh and not losing is is, is almost impossible um yeah. and so i think i think if 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 the team just plays the way that we know that that they can and they continue to show the effort and the and it is clear that this is a team you know more than the last couple of seasons which tended to be a, a collection of individuals uh, I, I think the team ethic here is is above and beyond any individual so as long as that is shown out on the pitch then i think 
most fans will accept a loss if the team has turned up. Well, Mike, who is um, a Newport fan, he lives in Newport. His Premier League team, as as a lot of uh, clubs in those divisions seem to also have, is Man United. So he's he's no affiliation to Leicester at all. And sorry, Patrick, but he's gone for 4-1 to Leicester. uh, (laughs) I like like the cut of that man's jib. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Well said, Mike. Um, Patrick, I'd wish you all the best, but of course, we know we wouldn't mean it. Um, (laughs) Apart from from tomorrow night and, and, and in the return fixture, like I say, I predict you to go up in second, so don't let me down. Um, good luck for the he rest. He says of that you. to everyone who comes on, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> is that just a sweetener? What yeah. I'm not telling you is I in Middlesbrough to be in the playoffs, but I'm keeping that one quiet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think from what I've seen in Middlesbrough, I think they're going to go on. I mean, they're on a good run, but I think they're going to go on some run now because I think Carrick's, yeah, he's, he's got them click now. He has, he has. They look very good. But thank you so very much for coming on. Do you want to, again, just give everybody... Your link is in the description below, but just give everybody a reminder where they can follow you. Uh, yeah, so um, obviously I'm uh, part of Roker Report. Um, we've got, you know, Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah, we have podcasts and loads of articles sort of pre and post-match. Um, and, you know, we'll have plenty of build-up on the head of the match tomorrow and yeah. the uh, fallout, whatever the... Um, Whatever the score is, <laughs> whatever the result. <laughs> Honestly, we our, our post matches were so depressing last. It was just literally me and Brad just said, "Oh look, just watch last week's. It's exactly the same, you know." So, but anyway, thanks very much, mate. We're off to win a talk with a bit more Leicester now, so we'll let you go. But thank you so very much for coming in and saying, apart from tomorrow and the return fixture, good luck for the rest of the season. No problem. Same to you guys. Cheers, off all. all the best, mate. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks to Patrick for coming in there. Great, uh, great guy. And I do wish them all the best. I do like Sunderland. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, big club, great, uh, great support, uh, mm. great stadium, um, and in in many ways, you know, a, a similar team and, and club to us. Um, where we've all had our shares of uh, of ups and downs. There's, they've had to wait quite a while for any uh, major success, but. Yes. Um, you yeah, know, I mean, it, I'm just, there's definitely looking at, uh, just looking at where 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 they have been. Um, well, I did. I've closed the window now, but yes, yeah. they have been out uh, quite a while. But look, I I, I let Patrick go because um, I was going to ask him and involve him in the discussion about the the classic game. But from what he said earlier, he wouldn't have watched that because it was pre his time. So yeah. makes us feel like what the Waldorf and whatever he's called at the yeah. Stadlund Waldorf. Yeah. Stadlund Waldorf at the Muppets. Uh but look, let's have a look at this game here. Um now I rem- I I remember this game. Um but I mean that picture there, I mean I've got that signed by Stan Collymore up on the wall. Um you know it was the, it was the flukiest hat trick ever I think but uh ah, t- talk us through it what a game yeah, I think that's a bit harsh, the flukiest hat-trick ever. Well, the, I think third the, third one, the third one was, in fairness. The third one was. I, I mean, yeah. I, it was um, it was the game that sort of teased us, wasn't it, about mm. what the future may hold for a Collymore and Heskey uh, front line. Um, yeah. And that all disappeared very, very quickly. Um, I think Heskey went off to Liverpool and... Uh, 
uh, and and as we know, Stan got injured um, not long afterwards as well, and, and was the end of his Leicester career as well. But on that particular day, I mean, the five-two, the the hat trick, the first goal. I mean, if if you're not sure um, what that first goal was in this game, and you do go down to the matches, then it's part of the pre-match um, uh, goal fest that is on the screen every week. Uh, every home game, yeah, uh, that goal where he, he he sort of hooks it over his shoulder almost into the top corner, yeah. and then you've got the guy in the stand, sort of going mental. Um, <laughs> but fantastic and and perfect, you know, flicked on by Heskey, and he and he just yeah. it's a player who was playing at the height of confidence. hadn't gone really well for him at Villa, and I think that's how he no. ended up at, um, with us. But just smacked it first time, and then the second goal as well. I was I was watching it back earlier today. That's a really good header, you know, cross comes in and he's headed it from, you know, not far away from the edge of the box. And uh, it's got to be some header to score um, those when, kind when of goals. When you say that you want them to put their head through it, yeah. that is the epitome of that, isn't perfect it? Perfect timing of, of header onto ball and perfect positioning and the, and the keeper didn't stand a chance, which, as I say, is rare when you're talking about a header from near the edge of the box. Mm. Um and then obviously between there we we had Heskey's goal, which again watching it back wasn't the best finish. Uh, it was one of those that sort of trundled past the keeper, but you take it. Yeah. Um, nice through ball by Lennon, and then um, yeah, Stan cropped up for his uh, for his uh, for his hat trick where he, yes. I think he tries to roll it in or just cushion it in and manages to get just enough stud. <laughs> I think. So I think he did change the half time. He wouldn't have gone in. Yeah. Uh, he probably wouldn't have gone in with today with a wearing no. the blades or, yeah. or whatever they wear on the feet. But he just had enough on it to to trundle mm. it over the line. And then I think it's Steph Oaks um, finished yeah. the route with a five two. But um, no, great game. But then, as I say, you know, we always thought this was going to be a strike partnership that would. Uh, take us on to more glory i think in the end i think we finished seventh that season sunderland finished eighth so mm. uh was it a bad season for both of us but sadly no. that uh, that collymore heskey well we uh, lost heskey like you say we lost collymore and i think at the end of the season that was when we lost o'neill as well wasn't it yeah uh, yeah so I mean, that you know it was uh it was probably the highlight of the season wasn't it um uh, it was i always says this you know stan collymore was the one that got away yeah, I think it was just timing, wasn't it? I think he got that really bad injury. I'm not sure if it was against Derby or whatever, but I think, I think he, it was, yes. Yeah. yeah, but he had that bad injury. And I, I don't, to be honest, I'm not sure he ever came back in, in uh, anywhere near um, the player he has. But, you know, he's gone on to have a, a, as, as a decent career as, a, as, a, as an online spokesman and, mm. uh, and fair play to him, you know. Yeah. And, and, I mean, he did go on to play for Bradford for a few years. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, and if anybody wants to know, I think he explains where he's looking at uh, when he's when he's doing that. Um, you can go on to LTID TV, go on to um, the talk zone where we talk with past players and stands uh, standard an interview for us and uh, was explaining uh, all about his time. And in fairness, I'm not saying he was complimentary about Peter Taylor, but he was um, he was polite, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> which is the nicest way. And, of course, the two players that you would expect to score for Sunderland, like you say, the ex-player, yeah. um, well, I didn't, I wasn't at that game, 
but uh, I'm taking it you you were and Phillips yeah, and uh, Niall Quinn, of course, who went on to to own Sunderland for a while. He did. I mean that that goal of of Phillips was just fantastic again yes you know just outside the edge of the box flicked inside to him and, and instinctive uh the goal doesn't move i'll just get a good connection on it and right in the corner um, yes but yeah we, we were just too strong on the day we were we were um i can't i can't argue with that what might have been but uh there we go craig thank you so very much hopefully we're both wrong and we don't get any points and let's to come away with a win um yeah. I'll take that. Oh, we'll take we'll take that, won't we? We'll take that. Yeah. Um, you might or might not be here on Thursday for the um, um, QPR. Is it we're playing next? Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah QPR away, isn't it? QPR um, away. I, I think I said um, uh, when we were doing the Swansea show whether they uh, whether they'll have the same manager by then. I'm not sure. They had another defeat at the weekend and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's on a, a slippery slope. And it's almost like destined that that's going to be the game. If we do that, next game we lose will be QPR away because that's the one we expect to win more than any other. Yeah, true. Yeah. But uh, let me know anyway about Thursday. Yeah, I will do. And uh, hopefully I'll know tomorrow. Brilliant. And uh, just give a shout out if you want where people can follow you. Yeah, you can follow me. Uh, best place is Twitter, just at Craig Bird. There we go. And of course, I didn't play this for you when you came Here in. Here is wise man from ancient times. <laughs> Just for you, Craig. Indeed. Just for you. You need to grow the beard. You do need to grow I the do. beard. Craig, thank you very much. Fingers crossed. And we'll see you um, hopefully on Thursday. Yeah. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Thank everyone. You. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, thanks to Craig there. Uh, and I'll be back tomorrow. Yes, I will. You can't get rid of me. Um, I shall be back for that. The watch along show from 7.15 tomorrow, Leicester City versus Sunderland. I believe it's available on one of the Sky channels or Red Buttons or something like that. Uh, but uh, why not join in the watch along? I've got to say a huge thank you to everybody who joined us for the watch along at the weekend against Swansea. I think we hit, well, we've just, we have just gone over 3.3 thousand views for that match. Uh, it was, uh, I really, Oh, so busy on there. Um, thanks to Mike who was who was um modding in that. It was it was busy, but yeah, we just hit three point three thousand for that. So really, really pleased with that. Let's see if we can do it again tomorrow for the uh, watch along. Seven fifteen here tomorrow. Thanks to everybody that has been in the chat. Really do appreciate it. Nate, Leon, Mark, Boris, um, to name it a few. LCFC popped in. Um David Newton, thank you so much, mate, for becoming a new member. Really do appreciate it. Keep a lookout. If you want to come on at all, I don't know if you follow me at Twitter, at LeicesterTID. Uh, as a member, if you want to come on and do a show, you, that's one of the privileges you get of being a member. Just one ninety nine of your good old English money every month. Uh, Dale Boy was in earlier. I'm guessing he's gone now. Uh, LDH as well. Uh, thanks very much. And if you've been listening on your favorite podcast station, thank you very much for doing that as well. You can have your ears back now. This has been LTID TV. I've been Chris. This is Arnie. Good night. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too, or I'll be back. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.